God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so our first step to living a legacy life is to have a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, to live a legacy life, you must live out your faith. It's one thing thing to have this faith in Christ, but that's really something different than living it out. You know, you can have a personal relationship with Christ and you can be one of those uh, covert Christians. You know, you kind of you kind of hide in the background and you don't necessarily want anybody to know that you're a Christian. You don't want to be one of those people. And so you're a covert Christian. But God's Word makes it clear that we are to live it out. James tells us that we should not be just hearers of the Word, but that we should be doers of the Word. Matthew In his gospel, chapter 5, tells us, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we must live out our faith. We must have our own personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and then we must live out our faith. The Apostle Paul Shortly before he died in writing to his young apprentice, Timothy, knowing that he was about to die, Paul wrote these words, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Oh, what a blessing that each of us should have that same assurance that when we see the end approaching, that we, like the Apostle Paul, may be able to, with sincere confidence, to to say those words, to say that I have been faithful, that I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. What an awesome blessing to live a life so that when the end on this earth comes that we would be able to, with confidence, say those words. Third, to live a legacy life, you must work to pass down your faith to the next generation. Note those, that word there, work. You must work to pass down your faith to the next generation. It doesn't happen by osmosis. Any of you remember osmosis from biology? You know, it just kind of passes through the membrane. You know, you put two organisms close together, etc. Well, it doesn't work that way in life. You've got to work at it. You've got to work to pass down your faith to the next generation. You've got to have a strategy. You've got to have a plan, and you've got to work the plan. The Old Testament tells us of whole generations that forgot God and wandered off into destructive sin because the previous generation failed. The previous generation failed to pass on the legacy of their faith in God. 
And I see that happening all the time in our world, in our nation today, where the current generation is failing the next generation because they are not passing on a legacy of righteousness, a legacy of faith. We have a responsibility to to live an active life of faith and to spiritually invest in the next generation. That's our responsibility. That's our charge that we as a generation should be, must be living an active Christian life. Not just wearing a cross around our neck, not just putting a fish on our car, but actually living out a life of faith and demonstrating before the next generation what it means to have a relationship with God. I use the word invest for we as a generation must spiritually invest in the next generation and beyond. Not just our children, but our children's children. Some of you may realize that today is Grandparents' Day. It's become one of my favorite days of the year. You see, I was uh, indoctrinated into a club about 18 months ago called the Grandparents' Club. It's been one of the greatest delights of my life. And so those of you that are grandparents, you need to realize that, you know, this doesn't just end like, okay, well, my kids are grown, so I'm kind of checking out. You know, I can sit on the sidelines and watch them make all the mistakes I made and, uh, you know, maybe laugh at, you know, when they do that. No, no, no. You know, we, we tend to think sometimes that as we get older that it's our opportunity to just relax, to, to just sit it out. But we cannot afford to do that. Look around. The world is crumbling spiritually around us and we need to stay in the fight. Psalm 103:17 says, From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him those who respect Him, those who honor Him, those who love Him. And His righteousness is with their children's children. When we live a righteous life, sold out, committed to Christ, that righteousness carries on into the lives of our children and our grandchildren. Paul acknowledges the spiritual investment made by Timothy's mother and his grandmother. Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois. We don't know much about Lois, but we know a lot about Timothy, and we know that Timothy was a product of his grandmother, Lois. So Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. You see that multi-generational aspect of this, that the grandmother, Lois, was a righteous woman that loved God, served God faithfully, 
And young Timothy saw that in her, and she invested in him as she brought him up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And his mother then, Eunice, did the same thing that she taught young Timothy, God's Word. And then Timothy became Paul's apprentice, became a godly man, a man who led others to Christ, a man who led in the early church. And Paul here is saying that 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 legacy, Timothy, what you're doing today began with your grandmother. Wow. What a huge responsibility that we have. Please, don't take it lightly. Recognize the responsibility that you bear. We are to represent God to the world. Yes, But just as importantly, we are first to represent God well to the children in our lives. What are they seeing? As parents, we have an enormous responsibility to invest spiritually in our children. You see, parents are the best hope of leading their children to a relationship with Christ. You cannot abdicate that responsibility. You can't push it off on a Sunday school. You can't push it off on the children's ministry director. You can't push it off on the school teacher. The parents of our children are the best hope of that child coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. So I want you to stop and think for a moment about how you're living your life today. What example are you sitting for your children and your grandchildren? What sort of example are you setting for your children and your grandchildren? Do they see a life committed to obedience to God's Word? Do they see a life of faith? Trusting in God? Do they see a daily life of prayer and devotion to pleasing God? Is that what they see in your life? Is that what they would remember? If they were giving a eulogy, would they remember you as one committed to obeying God's word? Would they remember you as living a life of faith and trusting in God? Parents are the first line of spiritual defense for our children. But grandparents are the second line of defense. See, we don't get the prerogative, we don't get the option to just wait this one out. Now that our kids are grown, we can somehow just sit on the sidelines. No, no, we are the second line of defense. And just as we saw with young Timothy that his grandmother Lois played an active and and significant role in him becoming the godly man that he was, so we also have not only that responsibility but that privilege 
Oh, what a wonderful thing. I mean, we see that Lois, this woman that we don't even know otherwise, but that she is somehow memorialized in the text of God's Holy Scripture because of her willingness to invest in the spiritual condition of her grandson. God won't be writing any more Bibles, but wow, imagine... God somewhere acknowledging your part in investing in the spiritual condition of your children and your grandchildren. What a blessing, what an honor. And we have that privilege. Number four, it's about your legacy. Your legacy. So I ask the question again, grandparents, what will your legacy be? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, said the children's children, our grandchildren, are a crown to the aged. Our grandchildren should be a testimony of our own lives. Our grandchildren should be a testimony to the life that we have lived before them. Our grandchildren should be a testimony of the investment that we have made in them that they may be brought up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. They should be a testimony of our investment in them to to teach them the Word of God, to teach them the importance of obeying God, the importance of having faith in God. So what will your children and your grandchildren remember about you? Will their most important memories be about the candy and the toys that you gave them? Or will they remember most your life of faith in God lived out in front of them daily. As grandparents, we have a tremendous opportunity to invest spiritually in the lives of our grandchildren. But far too often, as I said, the senior years are seen as a time to just lay our weapons down. Our battles, our fight is over. It's time to just relax spiritually but we cannot afford to lay our weapons down we cannot afford to take a spiritual vacation in our later years you see our children and our grandchildren need us need us to continue to live a life before them that glorifies God and sets an example for them to follow. Now I want to pause for a moment because I realize that, you know, by the time you have grandkids, sometimes it's like, maybe it's too late. Well, it's not. It's not too late because you know what you can do? If you feel like I have not done all that I should have in representing Christ to my children and my grandchildren, that I have not lived the life I should have before them, and oh, I regret that, and oh, I wish I could go back. Well, you can't. 
But what you can do is you can sit down with them and you can open your heart and you can say to them, you know, I have failed in many ways in my life and I have come to realize that I did not live the life I should have lived before you. That I did not invest in you spiritually as I should have. And oh, I regret that. And I believe that Christ will forgive me for that. But I want to make the record straight. And I want to start today to be different. And I want to live that life that I know I should have in front of you. I want to be the example to you that I should have been for so many years but haven't. And I want to ask you to forgive me for failing in that way but going forward. I want to be committed to being the parent, the grandparent that I should be to live a life of righteousness before you, to invest spiritually in you. I want to make a difference. And so in that way, it's really not too late. You still have an opportunity to set the record straight. Again, Paul writing to young Timothy encouraged him to set an example. And he says, set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Essentially, he's saying, live it out. Let the other believers see what a life in Christ should be like. Not in just one area of your life, but he says you should live it out all the time. As you are going through your life, they should see a relationship with Jesus in your speech and in your conduct and in your love and in your faith and in your purity. They should see it in your life. And so it is with us as a parent, as a grandparent, we should be that example. If not us, then who? Who are you going to point to to tell your children, follow them, follow their example? Don't follow mine. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. We should be headed to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I wanted to share with you today on this special day, uh, you can apply these principles of being your children at any age. You know, just because they become 18 or 21 or or whatever doesn't mean that we should stop praying for our children. So first of all, pray for your children at any age. Number two, pray for your grandchildren. Number 10 circles back to where we began. Remember this, more is caught than taught. Telling them really does no good if they don't see it lived out in your own life. So hopefully those ten suggestions for application will be of help to you. I also uh, have some printed out lists down here that I want to make available to you. I'll just leave them here on the front. You can pick up a copy if you want. This got some specific little prayers that can be kind of a kind of prime the pump for you that you can plug your child or your grandchild's name into it and and pray that prayer for them. So I encourage you to pick up one of those before you leave and you can begin using that as a means to pray specifically for your children and for your grandchildren.
So lastly, I want you to understand the significance of this, that it really goes so far beyond just the moments that we're here together this morning. It goes well beyond just today. It even goes well beyond our children, or quite frankly, even our grandchildren, that we should be living a legacy life. Not just for what people might say about us when we're gone. But to truly invest in the future. Not just in a 401k, not just in a retirement plan, but to truly invest in the future, in the growth of the kingdom of God. That we might have a positive impact on generations to come. We certainly can do that in the life that we live. We can do that even today. We can do that in the legacy that we leave to our children and to our grandchildren. And as those children and grandchildren go on and they in turn invest in the lives of their children and grandchildren, then our legacy lives on. I want to leave you with this. Hebrews chapter 11 often referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame, tells the story of great godly men and women who gave it all, who lived a life of faith, in many instances who gave their very lives for their faith. And one particularly stood out to me. In the early pages of Scripture, we see the story of Abel says that Abel believed in God. He had faith. And then it has these words. It's short. You may want to write it down. But it speaks of Abel and it says, And through his faith, through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So may it be with us that we would live a life of a legacy life that would be worthy of people remembering, that would be worthy of a eulogy that would commend us for our life of righteousness, our faith in Christ. And may we live each day recognizing that we impact so many around us, that particularly children are always watching us. Children tend to mimic. You know, they do what Papa does. They do what Mama does. They're going to follow our example. We need to consider the example that we set as we live a legacy life. And I want you to remember these words about Abel. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Let's pray. Father, you are good to us. I thank you for your word that reminds us of your goodness, that reminds us of who we are truly and how lost and separated we are without you. 
how without your intervention, without your grace, without your acting on our behalf, that we are lost and separated from a holy God, that we are destined to hell for eternity. And yet you, a loving Father, see us in our brokenness, our lostness. You reach in and redeem us. You give us a new heritage. You give us a new legacy. You clothe us in finest righteous linens. You give us a place at your table. You give us a home where we can be with you forever. And so I give you thanks today for you being our Father, for loving us sacrificially, for giving and giving and giving. And so, Father, I ask that you would help us to recognize your grace, your generosity. And, Father, that you would remind us as parents, as grandparents, our role, our responsibility. For those young lives that have been entrusted to us, we would not take that for granted. And these things I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. I think we'll wrap up when you get done. So I'll leave you with these words. I'm not going to come back up. But I, I, as I was praying, I was reminded that one of the things I wanted to say also is that, you know, some of us are blessed to have biological children and to have grandchildren. Some of us not. But that does not relinquish us from the responsibility you can be a surrogate grandparent. And as you look around in your neighborhood, maybe your neighbors or uh, at church and places, you can be a surrogate grandparent, that you can invest in those children's lives, that you can pray for them, you can pray specifically for them, you can tell them that you're praying for them, you can ask them specific ways that you can pray for them, you can do the things on that list even if you do not have biological grandchildren, you can be a surrogate grandparent and still invest in the spiritual life of a child.